Hello and welcome to the Four Comic Junkies Podcast, when the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges, and this podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. And speaking of Batman on Film, no, sorry, it's not Bill Raimi again, uh, but we did get his very handsome understudy, <laughs> Garrett Grev. Hey, oh. Garrett. Oh, thank you so much. Someone uh, someone recently tried to take a shot at me on Twitter by calling me one of Bill Ramey's Robins, and I kind of puffed up my chest a little bit. I was like, oh, wow. How about that? That's pretty nice. You know, I appreciate that. Consider me Jason Todd, because I'm probably not as nice as Dick. Uh, Tim is maybe too cool. And then Damien's a jerk. So I, well, Jason's a jerk too. I don't know. I'm, I'm Carrie Kelly. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do look great in those green shorts. That, yeah. That, yeah. The, I like the, to keep them high. And yeah. then the elf booties, you know, they, for a skinny calfed man, they actually yeah. add a little bit of pop down there. It's a, uh, it is weird that Bill makes you wear it all the time though, but yeah, I've been, good trying, it, so. I've been, I've been asking, I've been wondering when I can broach him uh, on that subject. Uh, but you know what, whatever it. uh, what the you're the boss boss yeah exactly so you gotta you want to keep your job uh, <laughs> but uh so we're not uh we're not we're not actually talking batman today we are talking i guess somewhat batman adjacent yeah there's uh, bats yeah and uh and joel schumacher um very good point and uh which uh which is cool and plus i forgot about this until i was you know revisiting the film um that it uh, produced by Richard Donner. Totally forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah, behind, behind the scenes uh, magic, leading to some uh, pretty cool magic in the Lost Boys. I mean, not like literal magic. I guess maybe kind of magical <laughs> creatures of some yeah. kind. So, sort of. By the way, that was Banjo who just knocked over a bunch of stuff next to me. He will be a regular <laughs> every show I do. Uh, animals don't like vampires, so he's you know probably a little spooked. I get that. Hey, yeah. did you know Donner was actually going to direct this movie? Yes, I did yeah. read about that. Wild, it was almost even more comic book. And of course, there's you know a comic book shop that's featured in in the show, so it makes total sense. Yeah, you know yeah. it's there's enough common threads here to include it in a you know a comic book focused podcast. You're you're right on target here. It, it well, it, it's also just just a, a fun movie, you know. Um, and it, I, for one, um, have always been a big uh, Kiefer Sutherland fan. I just he just has like the coolest voice, like that movie, uh, another Joel Schumacher film, uh, Phone Booth. Oh yeah, uh, have you ever seen that? I have. And and Kiefer Sutherland is the main villain in that, and all he does is talk on a cell phone the whole time. What a gig. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's great. Uh, you know, the I think the the I saw like the video cover and it kind of ruined it because it has like Colin Farrell and Kiefer Sutherland on the on the jet on the jacket. And I was like, well, no, <laughs> like <laughs> the whole not. point is he sounds awesome and we don't see him. Right, right. Somebody had to make the, the movie poster and they decided not to be that cool about it. You know? Right. It's like it's like, you know. The, they already buried the lead. Keep it buried, man. Let the movie, right. let the yeah. movie speak for itself. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But regardless, um, so, you know, forever ago, I gave you this list because I said, hey, I'm doing this whole thing called I'm 35 and so are they. Um, 
I think it's kind of going to be fun. Here's a list of stuff. What do you want to do? And and the first thing you said was, these are like all my favorite movies. And <laughs> It's a killer year for movies. It is a really outstanding year for stuff that got made. And, and it, you know what? Looking at the list, there's the list you set, you, you sent over. It's like, you know, there's some cult favorites on here mm-hmm. that have really gained reputation over the years. But I think, I think in some ways the 87 movies are slept on a little bit. So that's why I thought I'm like, this is a great idea for, for his podcast series, man, sign me up. I, I think, uh, you know, you don't hear a lot about, um, uh, like, like, I, I guess for, at least in this case, uh, lost boys, because I, you know, there's so much vampire stuff that's come out, you know, since, since then. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you had like interview with the vampire, uh, obviously Buffy and, yeah, I guess I guess you know there were the Blade movies, uh, and all the Twilight movies. Yeah, yeah, they were they were a part of it too. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, actually am a defender of the Twilight movies I, for what they are. I think they're perfectly enjoyable pieces of entertainment. It's not high art. I also read all the books. Um, most of the time, you can say the books are better than the movies. Mm-hmm. They're kind of dead even. I think the mo- <laughs> I think the books are. Maybe slight. They've got better. Uh, they round out the story a little bit more. But this, um, gosh, uh, what was her name? Stephanie, whatever, was not like a seasoned author, and it shows. But yeah, whatever. I, I I heard about that. I never read the books. Had zero interest. I saw the first movie and thought it was total garbage. <laughs> never went back. <laughs> um, That's fair. So I was very surprised when it became very popular. But uh, also, you know, you know, fourteen years later, very happy when. Robert Pattinson was awesome as Batman. So right, right. The dude uh, likes bats. <laughs> um, so uh, you, you were saying before we recorded that Lost Boys is one of your favorites. Um, what you know? What's your first memory of the film? First memory of this guy. Um, the first memory of me being aware that this was a film was before I actually ever saw it. My mm-hmm. uncle, who is only about 10 years older than me uh, my dad's youngest brother uh, was like super cool teenage dude and we'd go to visit and he had a super cool teenage room at my grandma's house and he had two movie posters up in that room one was ferris bueller's day off mm-hmm. and the other was the lost boys and if my uncle jason thought things were cool i thought those same things were very cool and <laughs> i wanted to see it and at that point i was too young to watch or to be allowed to watch it but not too shortly thereafter maybe around gosh even like 91 92 I for sure had seen it by that point with my uncle probably when he was babysitting or my parents were away or you know on a visit sometime they went out to dinner and we sat back and watched a movie and so I so I remember the poster my first seeing the poster way more than when I first saw the movie but this was a movie that all throughout probably my junior high, maybe even late middle school, all the way through high school and college was like a frequent rewatch. This was one of the core set of movies. Like this is one of my movies. We got not just the, hopefully the statute of limitations is up now. Um, and I've told this different places. I grew up in remote Northern Minnesota, like middle of nowhere. We didn't even really get TV channels. So we would rent movies and we had two VCRs and we would pirate record from one VCR to the other. And we had a <laughs> massive collection of pirated VH. I didn't even know it was pirating at that point. I thought it was just you recorded movies. Right. This was one of the, I don't know, 
dozen movies that we had that was actually purchased in the slip cover and it was legit. Like that's how much I love this movie. The, the pirated grainy copy was not enough for me. We watched <laughs> it a ton, watched it all the time. Oh, uh, that's, um, that's so funny because I, I want to say I'd have a similar story, but I don't, unfortunately, I don't, uh, I, I don't remember how it came up, but it came up like, okay, you know, we're going to, uh, watch the movie. It was my friends and I, and we were like, I was like 18 at the time. And I, and I don't think I, I'm not even sure I knew what it really was other than looking at the poster and being an 18 year old D bag going, Oh, is it the gay vampire movie? You know? So, right. right uh, <laughs> yeah. Totally. Cause it's a bunch of like good looking dudes on that cover looking kind of like eighties, good looking dude. Right. Sort of right. feathered hair, leather jacket, earring. I could totally see that. Yeah. And, but then we watched it and, and I remember being like at the time being like, this is dumb. Just wanting to feeling like I should say that. Right. Because we were kind of laughing throughout it. But then again, we did that with like a bunch of movies. Um, uh, even movies we really liked, we would like sit there and just rag on the whole time. Yeah, um, every, everybody was doing their own mystery science theater three thousand right. back then, right? Right, right. Um, and and then you know it was like years later rewatching it um, with uh, almost the same group of guys uh, being like, "Oh, we're going to watch this movie," and it just you know at that point I'm like you know twenty you know twenty six, twenty seven, something like that, and. I'm, it just hit me totally differently. I was like, this movie's awesome. Right. Like, this is it, a rad movie. Yeah. It's like, super cool. It's super stylish. It's yeah. really of its time, but it holds up. We can get into all that stuff. It, it, to me, like this was like really hip. And growing up again in Northern Minnesota, like what was cool in the 80s lasted into the 90s for a while because we yeah. didn't get new culture stuff. Like it took yeah. a while to migrate up north. So like even when we were in, you know, the early to mid 90s watching this movie, it felt like it was current to me. And it's always kind of felt current to me. Well, looking back on it now, it's super 80s, right? You don't get yeah. greased up macho saxophone player man in uh in modern day productions. Unfortunately, saxophone players are never as cool as they were in I, the 80s. I think he is in Batman Forever. He's just off camera. When sure. you, when you know uh, Chase Meridian is hitting on Batman, so. right. that's who she's looking at. Now that's a great great acting. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the a... you can hear like my friends and I last time we watched it. You know, a little off topic. We were, the the saxophone that plays. I'm like, okay, like the saxophone guy, he's on the roof with them, right? right? Like that's like right there. Schumacher <laughs> loves the saxophone. <laughs> we gotta we gotta make that. We gotta like splice that yeah. and <laughs> put it on TikTok or something. That's a great idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's uh. It's it's funny because it is kind of one of those, you know, those movies where like the the, the kids are the only ones that know what's going on. The yeah. adults are, you know, I, I hate to say this about Diane Weist because I don't think this about her, but in a way, it's like the adults are idiots, you know. Right. Uh, in this case, I just think she's just, you know, I don't like thinking that about her, the, the way she plays the character. So I'll just say she's just doesn't care. Boys, boys will be boys kind of thing. Um, she's kind of going through her own stuff right like it's right. a recent divorce she's kind of down on her luck she wants to get settled she needs a job she meets a new guy right like she's yeah, yeah. got her own stuff going on it, and i i actually remember thinking that the the twist with uh with with max towards the end of the movie was actually kind of interesting 
um, when you know he turns out to be like the head vampire. It's like I was like, oh, that's cool, you know? Right. Um, well, they do a good job of of uh, teasing it, kind of throwing it away and bringing back. But yeah. before before you get to your next point, the one thing that I think is really interesting: '80s movies were great about having the kids be the ones in the know. The kids yeah. were the agents of action, and Donner does it you know, as well as anybody else does between this and Goonies, right? Yeah. Action's focused on the kids. They're solving a problem. They're taking action. The adults are kind of out of the picture for the most part. Right. Yeah. It's funny when you brought up like Ferris Bueller's Day Off and, uh, and Lost Boys, uh, that, you know, Ferris Bueller, also another amazing movie. Um, were 86? Uh, I believe I want, so. I want yeah. to say. Um, and, you know, we're like... It is like Goonies, where the kids are the ones that know what's happening, and they're the ones that are going to solve the problem. And there's something when you, excuse me, when we when we watch that as kids, we feel kind of empowered, like oh, like, oh like I can do that, you know, like something like the Monster Squad. If you've ever seen that movie, I have. Yeah, um, um, I've only seen it like once or twice because uh, it was like one of my best friend's favorite movies when he was a kid. He's like, you gotta watch this movie, just be cool about it. <laughs> kind of yeah, right. It's like, Take oh. it easy. It's like, oh, it's from it's from the 80s, kids fighting monsters. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you, I mean, you go all the way to E.T. and be like, you know, the, the action's all focused on the kids. It's, yeah. You know, you don't see adult faces for big chunks of that movie. It's, 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 80s were all about putting kids front and center. And again, I mean, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, right? It, older yeah. kids, more kids along this age, same sort of deal. Another John Hughes movie, um, that I know is on the list that we're not talking about, but I want to—I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles from 1987 is yeah. another one of my favorite movies of all time. So when I said this year kind of hits a bunch of sweet spots for me, it really does. Um, That—that's a—that's a Thanksgiving tradition in my house. Uh, same. Um, you got you to watch it, and I laugh exactly the same. Exactly the same. Too. I remember as a kid, not to go too far down this rabbit hole, we'd watch that movie quite a bit. And my dad would laugh exactly the same every single time. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's funny. Lost Boys and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles were two of the R-rated movies I was allowed to watch when I was significantly younger than 17, oddly enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, my dad was weird about stuff he let me watch. We we watched a bunch of R-rated movies when we were kids, but he did not like us watching Power Rangers or X-Men. Oh, so. wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, well, you know. Maybe those were too violent, but like the exorcist was fine because it might teach us to pay attention in church. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, uh, didn't work though. I'm a very violent person. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Um, but uh, you know, it, well, it, along those same lines, you know, with the kids being, you know, like in the know and they're going to be the heroes of the story. It's it's cool to have like the the teenager, you know, Jason Patrick, who is I I find to be as insufferable as ever in any role he's in yeah. and and maybe he's a nice guy in real life but he just has sort of a d-bag quality to him yeah he he does this uh aloof distant disinterested but slightly mopey but very serious deal yeah. that's kind of that's kind of like that's his wheelhouse yeah and it, it's i mean it's it, it, I mean, it's whatever. I just thought it's funny to bring that up, but um, but I do like that you have the teenager that's not. I mean, that dismisses the little brother. Oh, you're my little brother. 
you know, get the hell out of here or whatever. But, um, but he still gets caught up in the action, and you do kind of feel bad for him when he gets, you know, like, pulled in, and then he's having a hard time getting out, and, and of course he gets pulled in, because, you know, pretty girl told him to, so. <laughs> that classic blunder. <laughs> like, who among us can't relate? Um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I've been there. <laughs> I'm Michael. married to one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it's, I remember the first time I watched it thinking, like, the funniest scene is like when he like wakes up with powers and he's like trying not to fly. And right. I was like, Go I was with like, it, there's, brother. there's something just so real about that, about just like looking stupid, feeling stupid and, you know, and realizing how stupid you've been, you know, as opposed right. to like, you know, like, like man of steel, he's learning how to fly and it looks amazing. Right. You know, like, right. um, so I think well, it's it was, a situation that Michael got himself into, you know, that he yeah. realizes he shouldn't, as opposed to discovering something that's already true about yourself. Right, I think right. it's really interesting thematically, too. And I don't know if Schumacher's going for this. I've never seen anything that says it was this, that the point of the movie was to have it be sort of allegorical in this way. But the kids are the heroes. The kids are the one taking action. The kids are the one facing down, you know, the threat. Michael as this teenager is sort of like crossing out of childhood on his way to adulthood. He's almost like outgrowing his little brother and being a kid. Yeah. But, yeah. He, but so like him becoming part of this vampire cult, you know, group of dudes is removing himself away from, you know, the more youthful, you know, frog brothers and Sammy. And it's like, um, was that a sort of coming of age loss of innocence and the adults are sort of unaware or part of the threat and they're trying to pull Michael back to his more youthful innocence or whatever. Like there's something there that I think it's not necessarily trying to be a deep movie. I've seen people say allegorical towards like teenage drug use. Maybe I don't know if sure. it's going for any of that. I think it's trying to be a sexy vampire movie, but <laughs> you, I mean, you can find some layers there if you want to go to like a, uh, you know, literary critical analysis of the movie too. Sure. I, I, I think, um, it's, um, you know, when you said it's a sexy vampire movie, it is, it is that it's very good at that. Um, but it's, it's also just, um, I, I like, I like movies like that. And I feel like a lot of movies about teenagers are like that anyway, where I think it's a pretty relatable feeling when you're a teenager, especially if you're you know, go, your parents are going through a divorce or some event happens to you that you do, at the very least, you think you're going to grow up right. Like, right away. Like, okay, like I'm growing up now. I've dealt with stuff when, you know, it's like you don't want to, you know, if any of that makes any sort of sense, you know, and I like getting kind of deep into stuff like that because I think it's interesting to, to find the, uh, you know, to be like, no, you don't have to grow up right now. You know? Yeah. Don't be so eager, right? Hang out right. with like Billy Madison. Don't you ever say that. Stay here. <laughs> I always remember the sound effect when he grabs the kid's face. <laughs> right. It just sort of jiggles. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's like if you ever had Nickelodeon goop as a kid and you take it out and you shake it around. Yeah, Very exactly. similar sound. <laughs> um, so it's, it's interesting with this film because I think it's, I don't know, it's, it's so stylized and and you know like like i said when i first watched it i was kind of laughing it was like 
I had to kind of take a second to go, oh, this is all deliberate. Like, this isn't right. It's not winking at the audience. It, it kind of is winking at the audience, but not in a bad way. It's not making fun of itself. It it knows that it's a little silly, but it's still it's still fun, you know? Right. You know, what, what really hit me, because <clears throat> I rewatched it a couple weeks ago, we've been trying to find a date to do the show. Yeah. And of course, like, oh, great. I have an excuse to watch The Lost Boys again. That's fantastic. <laughs> I sat down and it probably been a few years and I was watching it. And I'm like, the movie is pretty inoffensive for a long bit of its runtime. I mean, even there's violence, there's vampire attacks. You hear about the murder, murder capital of the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, all this stuff, but the attacks, the violence is largely off screen. Mm-hmm. So it stays sort of playful and fun uh, until even after Michael's pulled in and, you know, he's a half vampire. He's started to be turned or whatever. Right. And they bring him along. And then they're going to really get after this other group of people. They're dancing around that fire. And that attack is so violent and so over the top. I remember watching it when I was young. And when the vampire bites into that dude's head and the blood sprays and it switches over and they're dragging him back and his hands are clawing and they bite into that dude's neck and there's the huge arc spray. Yeah. It's like they waited like smartly waited a long time to get the audience into this feeling of this is a fun teenage vampire movie. And then they hit you pretty hard with a, Oh crap, this is a horror movie. Like this is, there's yeah. some, they're, they're, they're not pulling any punches here. It, it's funny because it switches so quick and I had forgotten that it makes that turn at that point. And then it's, it's pretty intense through the rest of the movie. It, it's uh, it, it is really scary because you you sort you sort of realize like oh this this cool life that I was thinking about like oh wouldn't it be cool to just party all night and you know and never die and blah 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 and then it's like oh but here's the the, the downside to that you become a monster. they kind of sell you on early on in the movie. Yeah. And it's, um, it's just, you know, like you said, when that happens, it's just so jarring to sit there and feel like, have I been rooting for the bad guys? You know? (laughs) Well, it also tricks you into thinking it's, you know, not silly, not wink at the audience, but it's, it's like easily just a PG and mate or PG 13 and maybe just an eighties PG movie up to that point. Yeah. You know, there's no heavy swearing. You know, I think the worst Michael uh, does is, you know, maybe he seems like a di- disinterested teen. Maybe he's going out and pounding a few beers with the bros or he doesn't really have bros up to this point. That's kind of part of the whole deal, right. but he's having fun meeting a girl or whatever. Um, but it's kind of, it's, it's harmless. Like the, the fangs have been rounded off just a bit until that scene. And then it's yeah. like, okay, they, they, now they're bared and they're bared for blood. Yeah. And, and it makes it so that when the frog brothers and Sammy get together to try and kill the vampires, you know, that, that you kind of, you're, you're scared for them. Like they, these yeah. kids may not make it out of this. That's uh, a great point. Yeah. The violence serves a point, serves a couple points. One to sort of, turn the movie towards here's why it's a real deal threat, you know, for the, for the city and for the kids. And it ratchets, it ratchets up what the identity of the, of what they want the movie to be 
So it's, it's, it's not, I wouldn't call it like a slow burn, but it's definitely underplayed up to that point. And, you know, and like you said, very deliberately so that we can be kind of like, like I said, you know, it, it, the movies, you know, you know, either making us root for the bad guys or at the very least it's making us feel like, Oh, okay. So this is just kind of fun. Like, yeah. you These know, bad guys are kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's, it's such a, it's so effective. And I think, that's the interesting thing about Schumacher is, you know, when, you know, when you look at like his, his Batman movies versus, you know, some of the other movies and people were like, Oh, he's so good at dark stuff. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's great with dark material, but he also is really good at, it's not um, depressing or dour. You know what I mean? Like, sure. um, you know, another, like it's been a long time since I've seen like flatliners, but even that movie, Oh visually, yeah, visually stunning, and it's um, and even though it's intense, it's a fun ride. Yeah, exactly. And I think the same thing about Lost Boys, and even to an extent, Batman Forever, um, which does have some heavier themes to it, but is uh, you know a, a deliberately supposed to be a fun ride. Yeah, and he, you know, you talk about he can do intense. The Falling Down is a super intense movie, really well oh, done. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of those things where Schumacher also has the ability to, like he does in this movie, um, sort of twist the audience and grow the tension. And, and, you know, who am I rooting for? Am I rooting for the right person? You know, this is Lost Boys is much more popcorn, right? Than yeah, some, yeah, of, right, some right. of the other times he's done it, but like the skills there and he knows what is right for the, the project that he's working on. Yeah. Batman and Robin, uh, not to be spoken for. <laughs> that's that's a whole other conversation. Um, but but yeah, it, and I think visually the movie is very stunning. And um, you know, because he got his start as a costume designer in Hollywood, and and you can tell because like the costumes in his movies are always just like perfect. And I, I I love the way you know the you know the the Frog Brothers just look like kids trying to be adults right yeah you know, like cory feldman kind of looks like he's got like the rambo look right you yeah. know yeah it's kids that wandered into a military surplus store yeah. you know that like comic books he, it's perfect yeah and michael is like classic 80s cool not a little bit bad boy but yeah. not so bad boy that you think he's one of the bad boys right he right. puts on the cool leather jacket he's got the cool 80s hair and the shades and the dangly <laughs> earring it's like he is just bad enough not too bad yeah. It's, it's the right look. And then obviously the Kiefer and the rest of the guys, they're all, you know, bedangled up and they're like, you know, not hair metal, but like hair metal adjacent, right? Hair metal meets uh, like goth Guns N' Roses goth yeah, yeah, type. Yeah. yeah, it's all swirled together. Yeah. And and that's the thing is that I, I think, um, you know, but they all have like, it's easy to see why, you know, Michael would get drawn in because... David just from just from looking at him is a cool guy. Oh, he so just cool. looks like he's got it all figured out and you know like doesn't doesn't give a shit about anything but at the same time is totally in control. Um and so you see why he gets pulled in. And I think that's I don't know to me I I watched this movie or Stand by Me or um, A Time to Kill and you know all with Keith for Sutherland and different levels of you know not good person ish. And, right. <laughs> and I react differently to it. Um, 
because that's how just fucking talented he is in my opinion. Oh, crazy talent. And then he can go on and, you know, headline 24 for however many seasons that went on for like yeah. that dude is, a, is, is a gifted actor and he's a baby in this. I didn't realize yeah. it until yeah. I was, you know, watch the movie and then pull up what's, you know, look at IMDB or whatever. And I think he was like literally 17. Yeah. He was there. They were worried when he first showed up that they're like, how do we make this guy look intimidating? He's talented. He's a good looking cat, but he still has like baby fat rounded cheeks. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the makeup designer is like, I can work with that. And of course turned out terrifying. It looks incredible. I, you know, I, I love his look and I love just, you know, I, I, I kind of go nuts for like, just like a, uh, a, you know, an actor that is a, an extremely talented actor that doesn't have to be a psycho about it. You know? Right. Yeah. You know, Versatile, all, but it's not pulling. Yeah. I'll say it. He's not pulling the Jared Leto stuff. Right. He's not is. doing the, <laughs> the insane. Um, um, like Daniel Day Lewis, who, when I guess when they made my left foot, he made the crew like push him around in a wheelchair. Right. And I was like, if I was on that crew, I would have been like, that, that motherfucker can go. You, you, know, yeah, you can, can walk go. yourself. Dude, come on now. <laughs> like, method acting, but come on. That's, that's, like, I don't think that's what they meant. It's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a secret here that you know you, you may not know. It's a, this, this, this is make-believe. Yeah, we're you're not, all you're not pretending. Really, <laughs> you know, you're, not, you're not paralyzed for real. <laughs> you're not actually Abraham Lincoln. We know this, right? It's... <laughs> you're very good at it, but that doesn't mean you're, right. you are. Um, but uh, but I digress. But, you know, uh, there's uh, one of my favorite. Um, do you know the, the Lonely Island? Um, like Andy oh, Samberg, yeah, 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 yeah. Andy Samberg. And all them. The, those guys, they're, they're like some of the funniest people in the entire world. And uh, they they shot a couple of, I guess they were they were trying to pitch like a series, um, you know, it's like a ridiculous, you know, Lonely Island like weird stuff, weird adventures they got into, and uh, they and they they were filming one scene where like they they get addicted to tooth whitener, and okay, <laughs> sure, all right, and and so like. They go up to one of their friends that's dressed like an old lady, and they, you know, go to rob her to steal her money so they can give him a tooth whitener. And I guess while they were filming that scene, because um, they're like on the one of the L.A. highways, and so the guy filming is on the other side of the street. You know, Andy's on the other side mugging the you know person, and somebody stopped and screamed at Andy Samberg, and it was Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> this was like before awesome. they were all famous too, you know, so. I guess he was just, what are you doing? Let that lady go. And he was like, my friend's filming. Look over there. It's a bit. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. a bit. <laughs> and, and, but I guess like his friend was like, oh, the shot's ruined. He's like, why did you yeah. keep filming? You know, Kiefer Sutherland tried Dude. to stop me from robbing this old lady. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's like TMZ would pay us heartily for this. Yeah. <laughs> so that was just like one of my favorite behind the scenes stories. And I was like, oh, Kiefer Sutherland's a cool guy. <laughs> yeah. He sees an injustice. He's going to write it. <laughs> you love it. You love it. It's so much better than sending, you know, dead rats or whatever it was to castmates. Sorry. A lot, a lot of let, let bag in here. Yeah. That's a, oh, what a guy. Uh, but, you know, um, also played yeah. a vampire. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's Morbin time. It's Morbin time. That's, I think, what he says in the movie. I yeah. He, he says that a bunch of times in the movie, from what I've heard, from yeah. what I've been told. Yeah. Um, I, you know, another thing that I, I thought about a lot rewatching the movie is that they, uh, they, 
like very clearly Joss Whedon stole the vampire look for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh yeah, yeah, the exaggerated brow bones and yeah. cheeks, and then sunken in below the cheekbones. Yeah, he looks just like uh, a lot of Spike. Was that his name? Yep, yep. Yeah, a lot uh, of Spike in the design. But um, and that, and that's just funny to me that that uh, you know I was like, hey, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if he was able to do it, because right. they. It's different with like watching like the old old like I mean Nosferatu is one thing, but like the like the original Dracula. Yeah, like, Bela Lugosi oh, look yeah. and yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a like, totally different deal. Yeah, it's like you know, you want your your monsters to look like monsters, so we have a reason to be afraid of them, right? You know, or else the movie doesn't work because if they just look like dudes just biting into people, then we'd all just kind of be like, well, that's gross. Yeah, why are you doing that? That's yeah. a strange thing to do. What an odd <laughs> choice for teenage boys. <laughs> you know what? The other thing, I <clears throat> I saw this when I was doing a little bit of research um, tied into the, the Joss Whedon, Buffy the Vampire thing. Lost Boys was the first time the term vamp out or vamping out was used. And that oh, was used okay. heavily throughout Buffy. Um, so that guy really stole from the best, you know? <laughs> he, I mean, he did. And... But you know, he also uh, ruined, tried to ruin some people's lives, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's I yeah. Uh, in our in our. All I'll say about this is that on our private like Batman group chat, right. um, there's there was talk about some of the controversy with you know some recent DC movies, and no. uh, and and I chimed in, and and all I wanted to say was. Um, Joss Whedon is still a piece of shit. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at least yeah. that is still true, despite right. everything else being. Every, know, whatever can, else <laughs> went down around it, we can all agree Joss Whedon, not a good dude, you know? Yeah. He's, uh, he's, I mean, I'm talking real piece of shit, like sloppy steaks, slick back hair. Yeah. Um, if you if you get that reference, that would be amazing. No, I don't, but I, I would go, it seems right. It's, yeah. uh, uh, you gotta watch. Uh, I think you should leave on. Oh, uh, on Netflix. I've, I've heard it's excellent. It's it's hilarious. Yeah. All right. So I'll, it's, I'll I'll put it on the list. It's very easy to binge too. All the episodes are like you know, less than twenty minutes, and that's great. Yeah. Just hammer through them. It's perfect. Oh man, it's even it's even better when you're high. But you know, <laughs> oh boy, hello. But, but uh, I'm sure you're not doing that. So. Well, you know, wild hair might. Uh, who, who knows? Yeah, but whatever. I'll say, J- I'll, uh, Christine will come downstairs and be like, what are you doing? And be like, JJ told me. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> His like, eyes are all bloodshot. You yeah, know, yeah. Like just... a full thing of ice cream in your lap. You're like, I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> <laughs> Tears rolling down my face. <laughs> um, but, you know, but getting, you know, getting back to the movie. Um, I, going back to Diane Weiss for a second, I laughed a little bit thinking, I, I've seen her in enough stuff to know she's very talented, but it cracks me up that she is this character in Edward Scissorhands dialed up to like 11 or 12. Yes. You know? yes. <laughs> Just like the sweetest mom in the world, you know? And oblivious. Yeah. To all the, all the wild stuff going on. Right. Um, but um, it, it just, it's so funny to me seeing, I don't know, seeing like uh, Edward Herman, who I always think of as, you know, Lorelai's dad from Gilmore Girls. Sure. As a as a monster. <laughs> always like, always playing a dad. That guy was like built to play dads. Yeah, it was uh, a matter of the decade. Yeah, uh he was Herman Munster in the TV movie The Monsters. That's uh, right. 
and uh, which I totally, I, I know I saw it years and years and years and years ago. I don't remember anything about it other than I know I watched it. <laughs> um, but uh, but I also have zero interest in Rob Zombie's monsters. I so. we we got into this in a group chat that I'm in. I don't know what they're doing over there. You know, it's going to be streaming. I think right and right. Is it Paramount or what's it on? It's on. It's going to be on Netflix. Netflix. So I'll watch it because I've got Netflix, and sure. you know what? Sometimes you run out of things to watch. But man, <laughs> he's really making some choices on that one. Hey, <laughs> you know. Well, people were like sending me stuff like they look just like the characters from the the TV show. Isn't that cool? I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> right, and also they really don't like. <laughs> I, I wish it was in black and white, kind of. You know. Like, yeah. 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 But. Uh, but then again, I, I've also, but I've never seen the Adams Family, the the old TV series. But I, but I love the movie. Um, when I was a kid, there would always be reruns on for the Munsters and the Adams Family, and they might have even had them in a block probably. together because they love doing that. At the same time, the same channel I know had um, Batman and the Green Hornet in another block. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so. The Munsters was always the one I wanted to catch, and I always ended up watching The Addams Family because that's what just hit. I mean, there was no DVR, you know, I barely right, right. had TV channels. That was this was probably at my grandma's house or something when I was lucky enough to catch it. But it was always, always Addams Family and never The Munsters, and I always liked The Munsters more. <laughs> um, so Grandpa Munster, I don't know, maybe he knew these guys, I don't know. <laughs> um, maybe you know, he uh went. Planted his seed and yeah, <laughs> flew like, away. All right. See ya. back to Transylvania. Um, but uh, it's, I love that you know, like like I said, that they that they look scary. That the the movie feels, you know, even even when we get into like it opens with like the carousel and everything, you right. know, and so it has kind of a weird like what the heck's going on kind of opening. But then we kind of immediately switch to the family stuff and. And I like that it, the family stuff, them them driving into like you know grandpa's property, it all feels real and feels like, hey, we're off on a new adventure. This will be fine. Blah blah blah. You know, uh, normal mom pep talk stuff. Right. And then as soon as they're like kind of in the town and doing stuff, then it goes right back to that uneasy feeling. Like the movie does a really good, good job of shifting you into, like, you know, it, uneasy is not the right word, but you feel like something's amiss it, no, there's a, yeah there's an element of danger yeah and um i think they it's santa clara right I they so. they do a good job of you know it's not like it's not as extreme in a batman movie <laughs> a good batman movie where uh gotham <laughs> has a unique identity right, um, right. and it becomes a character of its own but there is something there where like they introduce it you see it's you know the the painting is like welcome to the murder capital of the country or the world right. or something like that. Right. And then everything's filmed at night. There's a lot of these sort of pulled back or overhead camera angles that give you the sense of being removed. Like you're about to watch something happen, or it's the point of view of something nefarious watching and stalking. Like, yeah, that's there a lot. I think on, you said uneasy is the, you know, not that word. I think it might be that word. There's a lot of, uneasiness when they're out about in that city particularly in the nighttime scenes you know you don't feel uneasy in the comic book shop right. but you feel uneasy at the beach you know in the uh, uh you know where the train bridge is like 
mm-hmm. the carousel you mentioned, the big bonfire, all of that is super on edge. It, it's and it, it it works to the movie's advantage because you know that uh, I, I I like movies that do that, and it's kind of a lost art in in a lot of movies. I think uh, another person who's really good at it is Jordan Peele of just making oh, yeah. you the atmosphere, the the music, whatever it is, you, you feel uneasy. You feel like something's not quite right. Something's off. Yeah. And, and it's, it's smart to do that because we don't have to, the, the best kind of horror movies, the ones that stick with us, they feel, they, they evoke that feeling from you without having to, you know, throw a mutilated body at you every 10 seconds or whatever, you know, like, uh, yeah, I, I have this conversation with uh, our friend Ryan Lauer quite a bit because he's a big horror fan yeah. and I'm I'm known to not be a big horror fan and to <laughs> not. Uh, my reputation is that I am squeamish when I see blood and I'm going to faint. That's not the case. I just <laughs> I do not like um the the vein of horror movies that's focused on body trauma look how look at the horrible thing we can do to a human body and it's gross out and it's unrelentingly gross out the whole time when used appropriately like like i mentioned earlier the gory scene super violent lots of blood and there it even gets more exaggerated towards the end of the movie right yeah right right (laughs) but when it's used appropriately and sparingly so you don't desensitize you'll never desensitize me but when you don't desensitize the horror audience right. i think it's so much more effective so there's horror movies that i like um i just some of it it's just yeah i think you know what i think a lot of times it's either um creepy humans doing horrible things that i'm really uncomfortable with mm-hmm. you mix in some vampires some monsters i watched a lot of the walking dead until i just couldn't take what they're doing with the story anymore that stuff <laughs> doesn't bug me sure. um but when it's like uh hey a person just wants to mutilate you know some random person like ah like the strangers did you ever see that one yes oh yeah. it's uh live tyler i think oh my gosh i no, thank you don't I, want anything to do with that kind of horror I, I'll never forget watching that. I watched it, you know, maybe like three or four years ago with uh, my friends, and uh, maybe it wasn't that long. E- either way, um, and you know, we're watching it, and they finally get a call out to like their, the guy's brother, and it's forget Dennis from It's Always Sunny. Yeah. <laughs> so then yes. immediately, and I think this was right before they they made that show actually. So when he was like still like looking for work and that's the gig he got. Um, I think maybe they had had a couple of seasons, but it wasn't the pop culture thing that it's become. Right. Right. Um, and as soon as he showed up, I just, and he's a, he's a very good actor too, you know, like, you know, he, Oh yeah. Uh, Glenn so, Howerton. Yeah. 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 Um, I've seen him fan cast as the Joker and I could totally go for that mm. if, if they wanted to go that route. Um, instead mm. of Barry, Barry uh, Keown or. I think it's just Kagan. I looked it up one time Kagan? and then I, did like the, how would an Irish person say it? And of course there's like a lilt or whatever, but (laughs) I don't know what all those symbols mean. Uh, I started to adopt the, uh, this is again, our pal Ryan Lauer. Um, The, the Batman book club method is anytime there's a difficult to pronounce last name, you just call him Barry K. Yeah, you know <laughs> exactly. Especially with comic book writers that you've seen their name a hundred times that maybe you've never heard anyone say it out loud. Uh, one of my favorites was meeting up with a friend of mine in New York Comic Con, and uh, I, I I don't know how to say his name, but Fabian Dechez, uh, something like oh, that, yeah, sure. co- co-creator of Deadpool, and yeah. that's that's all he said. So when people walk by and said, "What are you guys in line for?" Because he didn't know how to say it. He was like, oh, the co-creator of Deadpool." 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, it's an easy fix. Um, and done. You got to have the short hands ready. Exactly. Um, but yeah, but uh, I know I lost my train of thought because now all I can think about is it's always sunny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, you know. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, movies being gory for the sake of gory. Um, it's, you know, the, the, the movie's so much more effective when it, it uses, if it's going to use the gore, which if you're a vampire movie, of course you're going to, like, it, in an effective way so that it's not just like, like, oh, that's gross. You know what I mean? Like, right. uh, like I'm watching The Fly, which I love that movie, but it's gross. <laughs> it's gross. That's a gross one. I haven't seen that in years because it's so gross. I, I rewatch it every now and then going, this, like this is one of Jeff Goldblum's best performances ever, and I'm going to prove it. And it's just me, and I'm like saying it to an audience of no one in my head, <laughs> and, and I'm like, "Look at how great he is! Oh, that's disgusting." <laughs> that's a that's a good live tweeter on a random, <laughs> you know, lonely Thursday night or something. Like, all right, fire it up, and then let's get the let's get the tweets going. Oh man, I haven't done that in a while. That's fun to do though. Um, I tried to I tried not to bring us even further off course. I tried to do that last summer with um. Ah, why do I even talk about this? I just get myself in trouble. I tried to do it with Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh-huh. and uh, I only got halfway through it. And I was like, "Okay, I'll go back and do the rest of it sometime." And I've never gotten around <laughs> to it. It's, I mean, that's a that's a rough one to sit through. Let's Dude, just be that, honest. It's that's tough. a it's a marathon view. I did it years ago. Wow, longer than it seems with BVS, yeah. and um, I made it all the way through that one. Um, and my thoughts, if you want to find them on either of those movies, are pretty readily available on the interweb. So you know, <laughs> we don't have to belabor the point. I'm sure there's somebody out there. If I tweet out like, hey, any thoughts on you know, hashtag BOF? It'll pop up like, look at this. Look what he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it'll, it'll be right at me. And I'll be like, it, it's my friend. But it's fine. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's I promise he's actually a nice guy. Just <laughs> he doesn't like a movie you like doesn't mean he's like a horrible person. Come on. I, Oh my god, so strange! Um, Just go watch the Lost Boys; you'll be a lot happier. It, it's true. It's it's a fun movie. It's uh, you know, it, and I and I like that it doesn't need to be anything. You know, you were talking about like allegories and stuff earlier, um, and all that, oh, that's there, and that's that's fun to dig into. But I also like that the movie doesn't it doesn't make you like no dig into that. It's it's just it, here to entertain you. It's not like you know you get the recent film school grad that's like well you know on the surface it's about vampires but existentially it's about the loss of innocence and the growth from child to adult like right. shut up man give me a sexy vampire movie <laughs> you know like, let's just have fun with it um you know uh th- what's interesting you know uh, not interesting i don't know what i'm saying uh, but but like it's 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 fun to just like be able to sit here and talk about the movie and not feel like you know, we're like, well, I noticed in this scene that the camera was pointed, you know, in a certain way. It's like, um, I, I think Schumacher, you know, he's good at giving us these movies, you know, like, like I said about um, Lost Boys, even about Batman Forever. There's deeper meanings under the surface if you really dig at it, but you don't have to. You can just sit there and be entertained, to. and that's totally fine, too. Yep. Yeah. And, um, I think that's what goes to the rewatchability for me. There are very good movies that I, I watch and I say, wow, that's really strong filmmaking. This is cinema um, or whatever. Right. And I never watch them again. Yeah. Then there's movies that I'm like, this is fun. 
This yep. is a super fun movie. It's got it's 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 more than maybe what it is on the surface, but the surface is so good. I can just go back to this and have fun with it again and again and again. And I want to introduce people to it. It's a it's a you know for me this was a great high school movie. Friends are coming over. You've got some pizzas in the oven or whatever, and it's like, hey, let's throw on Lost Boys. This is a good yeah. one. And then there's some people like Lost Boys. Really? And you're like, oh yeah, Lost Boys. And then you get to watch it and you get to watch them watch it. And they're like, geez, Lost Boys. You're like, I told you, Lost Boys. And everybody has a great time. That's This is one of those movies. Yeah. It's, you know, it, and I think that the 80s are kind of full of those, uh, those classic, you know, even, you know, when we think of like, you know, classic movies from the 80s, of course, we're going to jump into like, you know, most of Spielberg's library, right? Yeah. Um, Hughes's library, right? Yeah, <laughs> but it's like oh, there's some there's some really good hidden gems there that I think come up in conversation from time to time, but um, aren't like regarded in the same way as like like an ET or something, which is right. Which is fine, you know, this isn't it's not the same type of movie, but it's uh, it's fun to just like sit down with you for the past hour and be like, hey, so tell me what you like about Lost Boys, and you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love the actors. I love the writing. I think it knows what it wants to be. It's fun. It's it's not afraid to not pull its punches when the time's appropriate. Yeah, it's got a you know greased up saxophone player with flames in the background for almost no reason. <laughs> you know, it's got a lot of cool stuff, and that's great. By the way, we brought up ET for a second. I rewatched ET for the first time in a very long time, mm -hmm. and. It was a tougher watch than I remember, not because it's not excellent filmmaking, but because it is. And when I've watched it, you know, for years and years and years, it's a fun movie about a kid and an alien. You yeah. watch it now. It's a depressing ass story about a kid go living as a child of divorce who doesn't really know where he fits in. And he finds a friend who's literally an alien while he's feeling alienated. And you watch <laughs> that you watch like the stuff that goes on with the mom and her like reaction to conversations where all of a sudden she's holding back tears and like it is it is intense this is not that <laughs> this is this is go back and like all right this is fun popcorn yeah. stuff that's really good at what it, and when i say popcorn popcorn movies take a ton of talent and a lot of hard work to make an audience say that's great. Let's watch that one again. That's a yep. very difficult thing to accomplish. And yep. this does it really, really well, in my opinion. No, I 100% agree. Um, and it's, and, you know, you, you watch it and you can say it's of its time, which, of course, it, you just look at some of the clothes, it very much is of its time. Um, but it, that doesn't, but that's not a knock against it, you know. And I think sometimes you say stuff like that um, and it, it might sound like, like an insult or whatever. You know, we, I was having a conversation yesterday about fan service. And it's like how it's like this insulting thing, but it's like sign me up for some fan service, right? It's like you know, but I'm but I'm the fan, you know, <laughs> like I'm paying to come see this movie or watch it on my TV because it's not streaming, so I had to buy a digital copy. So yeah, <laughs> um, I did the same thing. I have a VHS <laughs> copy and a uh, DVD copy, but I didn't want to watch either of those because I've become a real snob about picture quality. So I bought a, a digital 4K copy, which still isn't quite 4K, but it's a lot better than the ones I have sitting on the shelf. Yeah, I, I, was I watching? Um, oh, it was the Ben Stiller show that I just like, oh, wow. yeah. ra randomly, I was like, 
because I was I was listening to a podcast uh, and I was like, oh, this, I was like, they're talking. I hear about this show all the time. It sounds so funny. Like it's I'll great. check it out. And and it you could only buy it in standard definition. And yeah. immediately I was like, just power through. It's okay. Very difficult like, to watch. Yeah. <laughs> but the first episode had a Eddie Munster gag too. <laughs> so it all comes oh, full great. circle. It all comes around. <laughs> Visually offensive to the eyes, but. It fits in with stuff we randomly got off topic about earlier, so pull it on in. It's it's been a it's been a it's been a wild conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and you might have heard my cat knock over a bunch of crap too. So that <laughs> it's like Fang in Lost Boys. You never know how they're gonna act. It's yeah. you know, the, the temperamental animals, the hounds of hell, this is the felines of uh the inferno or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I kinda like that. It's good, yeah. it's good alliteration. <laughs> right off the top of the dome, no big deal. I was an English major at one point. <laughs> like, oh, it's all good. Also, uh, if you're looking for more of me, I'm on Batman. <laughs> uh, but, but actually, in all seriousness, go ahead and uh, plug plug away here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a chatty guy. You probably ascertain that from this conversation. If you'd like to interact, I'd probably like to interact with you, unless you're a big meanie who's going to yell at me about not being able to get through my ZSJL live tweet. In which case, <laughs> I got plenty of those dudes already. You hold back. Uh, you can do that over at Twitter. My handle is at Garrett Wado. That is at G-A-R-R-E-T-W-A-T-O. I'm also the host of the Batman on Film podcast on this very podcast network. So I'd love for you to go over and check out those episodes. The most recent one is episode 199. We're gearing up for a big 200th episode. So that, that will be out here Um last week of july man that's already coming up that's next week i'm recording that next week uh <laughs> note to self uh i've also got you know movie reviews and comic book reviews up over at the website that is batman-on-film.com and jj thanks for having me man it was a really fun conversation and i i, I agree with you it's fun to just get into a movie and may, a lot of times it happens to be ones that have been out for a while maybe a, a large amount of your podcast listening audience have watch this movie before and you don't have to do a scene by scene breakdown yeah. you don't have to do a plot analysis you don't have to say let's talk about the characters okay now let's talk about the plot let's talk about your favorites let's talk about the thing that didn't work for you where do you think they're going to go with the sequel you just get to have a fun conversation about the movie i love doing that so thanks for having me on yeah you're welcome um th this stuff is uh much more interesting to me than than some and some of that other stuff, uh, which by I, the numbers a bit, you know, which I I can I can enjoy some of those, uh, depending on if the host is uh, charismatic enough. But <laughs> yeah, for me, yeah. I'm a little bit more like uh, like now. Let's just uh, you know, let's talk about you know, it's thirty five years. It up. Let's, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> um, the and, Twins also won the World Series in 1987. By the way, JJ, I don't know if you were aware of that. I I did not know that. Um, and. That that's amazing. That was a great year all around. Yeah, I came fan. into the world. And yeah, so did Lost Boys. The Twins won the World Series. Um, it's just oh, you're you're welcome, America. Yeah, eighty seven. <laughs> God that's bless. That's it. <laughs> um, as for me, you can find me at uh, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mostly Twitter at Four Comic Junkies. You can email me Four Comic Junkies at gmail dot com and. Um, you know, we just uh, I just have one question to leave you with, uh, my, right. my dear, my dear listeners. How are those maggots? Maggots, you're eating maggots. That sounded more. Don't like eat me. those. There's worms. <laughs> They're noodles, Michael. They're noodles. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that sounded more like Danny DeVito on my end of Kiefer Sutherland, but <laughs> we'll try again next time.